broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Lincoln, you know what the truest sign of it's really football season is? Uh, the, the changing of the, the trees? Uh, that, the yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, but also a 6 a.m. flight to Pittsburgh on Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, you know, at least you, I don't get to Pittsburgh to 1150 at night because I have to do a, a college football game. In, in uh, where are you at this weekend? Uh, Boulder, Colorado, CU versus Minnesota. Oh, nice. All right. The Gophers yep. against the Buffaloes. Yep. I like yep. it. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, I am going to be Saturdays during the NFL season, especially on the road when, you know, the family's not there. Love my family. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And if my wife and kids are listening, I love you guys. But, man, it's nice to <laughs> kick it's, – it's nice to chill at a hotel and watch college football. Man, by yeah, you're just, preaching to the choir of that one. I, I wish that I could have. My Saturdays are working, too. I'm so just saying, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> just between me, you, and all the listeners. Absolutely. Everyone else is listening. Yeah, I got it. I got they, you, buddy. They, they understand. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador at Raider Nation Radio on 920 AM on a Thursday. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line and uh, welcome in our good friend, Raider 27. How you doing, brother? Hey, Vinny, we're going to leave you in the hotel room and not tell anybody you're actually in the hotel bar. That's oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too okay, well, Raider 27. I've been watching um, Pittsburgh all day. Okay. And unfortunately, the NFL, in their infinite wisdom, decided to make the game pass so much better, and I don't have all 22. So I'm doing the best I can do, Vinny. It's, it's all I can do. But that T.J. Watt is a different cat. Oh, yeah. That guy does. So many things. I think his line was uh, six tackles, two sacks, and two sacks for loss. But he affects the entire offense the whole game. He does a lot of crazy stuff. He lines up all over the place. Sometimes he doesn't even line up at all. They'll go in a three-four under, and they'll have. A, I don't know the. I don't know the Pittsburgh players, but they'll have a Leo, but. T.J. Watts just kind of wandering around back there behind the defensive line. And most of the time he picks a hole to blitz through, and holy cow, it works. There's no one to block him. He, he picks where there's nobody to block him and goes. And sometimes he drops into the curl, into the hook curl area. And he's usually when he drops, the times that I saw him drop, he, he knows what's coming. He's standing there waiting for the hot receiver because when he does that, you could see you could see uh, Allen going through his okay. TJ Watt's going to blitz. Okay, I got to go do this. I got to do that. Let's change this play. And TJ Watt just drops right to the hot, and it's like, oh crap! What are you going to do then? And they're coming. Casey Hayward's no joke. I tell you what. Um, Andre James better eat his Wheaties. He's got a big day ahead of him. You know, so that that Pittsburgh defense is no joke, man. They're tough. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that they're as good as the Ravens. They don't come with as many exotic blitzes, and they're not coming all the time. But, boy, when they decide they want to get a sack, they get it. 
Yeah, and I think uh, for the Ra- for that Raiders offensive line, uh, they got a crash course without question against the Baltimore Ravens, which in the whole scheme of things is probably beneficial. Uh, I know it was it, it was cringeworthy at some times uh, or at some points on Monday night, but you're only going to get better from that. You're only going to get better from watching that tape and having gone through it and playing together, talking to Greg Olson today uh, about the importance of that group playing together. And then there was the, an in-game injury where you got to adjust, and, and, and I thought they handled that pretty well. But not, there's nothing in Lincoln, you know this, you just talked about it. There's nothing that, it, that replaces uh, that, that game day experience. But I got to ask you, um, TJ Watt, is there a comp that you have for him? Who, who, who is he uh, uh, in the whole scheme of things? That, that, uh, is there somebody that you recollect that is T.J. Watt-like or vice versa? His brother? Yeah, well, oh, gosh. <laughs> J.J. Yeah. Watt? Yeah. You know, just, I mean, in the, in the early days, how, unfort- how unstoppable he was. Can't block him one-on-one. I think he's just a slimmer version of that. And look, for what it's worth, Buffalo didn't do themselves any favors. They wanted to go empty backfield, and Buffalo splits – are already long by by some in my standards, and what I mean by that is the the, the amount of space between um, guard and center and tackle it's really wide. So what they do is they take elongated splits to try to make the pocket more healthy. However, what it does and it all automatically creates lanes. But when you have the rushers like um, you know um, the Pittsburgh has, and they line up in those gaps, you're creating islands for both the guards and the tackles. And more importantly, when you have a, a force like T.J. Watt, um, what quarterbacks are taught to do is, well, I mean, what defensive ends are taught to do when you're out of the shotgun is they're, they're angling. They're creating an angle to where they know the quarterback's going to be by the time they get there. And that's what they're running full speed towards. And as a tackle, you're supposed to intersect that angle to stop them. But you give yourself, you really make it hard on yourself by giving you, opening up so much you give a two-way go to where the guy can either come underneath or over the top. Now, obviously, you want him to go over top, but you want, because you want uh, the quarterback to be able to step up in the pocket. But when you have the internal push that the Steelers create with Hayward and other defensive tackles in there, it makes it hard. The pocket collapses. So when you watch that Pittsburgh game and you watch TJ really take off, it's, it's mainly because of that. Now, he had two sacks. Uh, came through and had a couple sacks, but he caused a, a great deal of, uh, of pressure just being where he was. So um, I'm going to talk about it on the Silver and Black show this weekend when we tape it. I'm going to talk about how the Raiders are probably better off or how they should approach it. The only problem is, is that you're going to have to take one or possibly two receivers out of potential pass routes. So the receivers that do run in the routes are ones that have to get open and have to get open right now. So you're saying uh, loading up on a tight end with a, with a tight end for for some help is that? Well, look, you're going to here's the one thing you're going to have to help Alex Leatherwood. You can't expose him to that right off the bat. You can't. You, right. you, you saw how he struggled with speedy rushers and in, 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 uh, in college. And the thing is that you're going to have to put a tight end there. You're going to have to alpha a chip and stuff like that. And like I said, I'll talk about it more on silver and black. But you you just can't open up and put him on an island like that. Listen to Lincoln teasing it, man. I like it. The silver hey, and black I got, show. I got a job to do. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to let us know, man. We'll help you out with that. Yeah. The silver there and black go. show. Uh, he's going to uh, break it all down uh, on, on the silver and black. And because and, that's, I was literally going to ask that question in terms of, you know, the help that, you know, somebody like a young Alex Leatherwood is going to need. And I think this Raiders offense 
is a little bit more uh, is is built a little bit more structured a little bit better yeah. uh, to deal with that than Buffalo. I completely agree with you. They do some unique things offensively over there, and sometimes you know, in your desire to to be unique or to do some different things, you're going to leave yourself a little bit vulnerable in certain situations. And it, I felt like that's where the Buffalo Bills put them to uh, put themselves. On, on Sunday, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line or listener line, and Guareb is on the line. How you doing, buddy? Hello? Yep, we got you, man. Yes, hey, how y'all doing? We're good. All right, yeah, yeah I'm calling. Um, it, it seems like um, every year this team has, like, they, they're, like, riddled with injuries. Like, once again, the uh, defense – and even some of the offense, um, it just—it just seems like here. I think Darius Phelan got hurt too today. Is that true? Uh, yeah. He he he. There was something yeah, going on he, with him yeah. in practice. Yes, I can confirm. I can confirm right, that. Right, right. And then, yeah. Well, you know, and it, it's like, and of course, Yannick. I mean, he, I mean, I've never seen him hurt before, and all of a sudden he comes to the Rays and he gets hurt. But I mean, you know, you got teams like you know, you see the Bucks and the Saints, and you see the Steelers, even the Ravens. I mean, on the defensive side, even so. They never. I mean, you you don't see these injuries. I mean, you watch these games, and it always seems like you see all these Raiders falling, but you don't see anybody falling from the other teams. And this has been happening like year after year. And I'm talking about the teams that are good, and they end up even if they are injured, they do end up going to the to the playoffs and maybe looking forward to like even going further in the playoffs. I yeah, mean, like when it comes to the Raiders, it's the same. It's like they fall out. Then comes Gruden with his, like, you know, oh, you know, best ability is availability and all this other stuff. And, you know, there's no excuses this year. I mean, I'm not going to go through this again and listen to this crap from Gruden talking about, like, you know, he doesn't have anybody to play for him. Because, you know, you plug and play him. You can have your second stringers and third stringers just as good as your first stringers. That's what good teams do. Wait a minute. I I thought the Raiders won on Monday. I thought the Raiders. I thought the. I thought the Raiders won on Monday. I thought the Raiders won on. You know that we get we we get excited for one game. It's our show game, and then all of a sudden, you know, it turns into crap. But 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 hold on hold hold on one second though. Hold on one second. That to me, you win a you win a game with two backup guards. So what you were just describing, where guys got hurt and they did. Denzel Good got hurt during the game. Um, You know, Richie Incognito couldn't play because of an injury. But you know, all of a sudden. Here comes John Simpson, and here comes uh, uh, Jermaine uh, Illamore holding down the fort, successfully so. That's where depth comes into play. Gerald McCoy goes down, uh, unfortunately. I mean, he's a guy that was not being counted on a lot, you know, because he was still sort of working himself back into uh, into, the, into the swing of things. But I didn't see any uh, you know dramatic fall off from the defensive line. Why? Because the defensive line is a lot better this year. There's a lot more depth on the team. Um, I understand what you're saying, Guarab. Uh, there are there a lot of injuries, you know, coming out of a Monday night's game. Yeah, uh, some way more serious than than others. But I, I've covered this league. I've covered this league long enough, and specifically teams where injuries happen. And to me, I don't see that there's any unusually high number for the Raiders. I think sometimes fans get caught in. They're so uber focused on their team that they sort of lose track of all the other teams and what they're dealing with. The Baltimore Ravens lost two starting players a couple of days before the game. Great players in Marcus Peters and their, and their I, starting running back. So, under, under, 
Understood, understood. But the thing is, I mean, you know, teams like that find a way to get the, you know, to, into the playoffs and possibly farther into the playoffs. Where, completely. Where they go. But, and and but, I completely. You know, the Raiders fall apart, and, you know, they get hurt, and, and then there's excuses that they can't win games. That's the difference. I mean, it's like the quality all of a sudden becomes like, you know, those are the teams that constantly keep doing, you know. I'm just saying, like, you're, we they should have their second and third uh Stringers playing just as just as good, you know. Get them, to, you know, plug and play. No matter what, there shouldn't be these things where we have to worry about. Well, we couldn't do it because we didn't have this guy and that guy. Well, and I, well that's easier said it. than done. Everybody would like to have second and third stringers able to go out there, but that's not the way the league works. Because if a guy's good enough to play uh, to to start or to play, he's probably on someone else's team. The, 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 look, I hear what you're saying, but it wasn't until this year that the roster actually got progressively better. Exactly, on both sides of the ball. That's they found that. a way to plug the plug the part of right tackle because Trent Brown wasn't getting it done. That left a hole in the roster. They found a, play, a way to plug the defensive tackle to get rush in by going out and got, getting in, in Gakwe and the other guys. That wasn't a part. So, yeah, there's injuries that are going to be a part. But like Vinny said, be happy that they won. It's only one game. Don't sell your season tickets just yet. And, and stay around and let's see what else happens. I mean, if it happens at the end, it happens to a lot of people. There's no excuses right now. It's just people get injured. I, yeah, and I don't think that there's any excuse making going on. Furthermore, I think this this the, the the roster is in way better shape to deal with those injuries. Where in you know, uh, when you're a work in progress, and every roster to some extent is a work in progress. But when you are the kind of work in progress that the Raiders were to start 2019 and, and coming into last year, you couldn't afford any injuries, like any 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 major injuries or, or multiple injuries. And unfortunately, they, they that's what they were dealing with last year. Uh, a lot of teams were. Their team, their roster wasn't good enough, wasn't deep enough to be able to deal with that. This year, so far anyway, and it's, it's early, obviously, but when you start thinking about, you know, K.J. Wright, okay, Denzel Perryman goes out. And Nick Kwiatkowski, a former starter, is 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 the backup. That's good, solid depth right there. When Kwiatkowski is your backup to a good linebacker by the name of Denzel Perryman, so it's progressively getting better. That defensive line is eight, nine deep right now, and with legitimate names, legitimate players, quality players. Clee Farrell didn't make the roster to start the the forty six man roster. You know what? That's that's a sign of why. Because there's really good players, and it was a numbers game for him, and he probably wasn't 100 uh, percent healthy with the back. But you know, that's when 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 you're sitting Clee Farrell, who's I think a good solid football player, because there's other better players on the team. That's a sign that your depth is moving in the right direction. Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, has a toe injury. You got Kenyon Drake uh, to to spell him. That's good quality depth. So I think. Yes, there were some injuries on Monday. There's been some injuries, but I think the Raiders, Lincoln, are just in a better position to deal with it this year than well, they I were agree. in the past. I mean, it's a, there, there's, there's, we could sit here and talk about ad nauseum about how they got to this point, but everybody has injuries. As you mentioned, the the Ravens lost two of their guys, the key guys, and they had somebody step up in Tyson Williams who never started an NFL game, a regular season NFL game, played pretty well. You know, and then they had the the, the uh, Latavius Murray, who they recently signed. So yeah, next man up is the t- mentality. I, I I get the frustration that the caller was trying to exude. I do, but again, it's it's one game, right. and they're one and zero. Like there's no excuses out. And he's talking about get the second strings. Well, that's what they're trying to do. But there's only so much depth that you can have. Right, right, exactly. Out to the Raider Nation uh, uh, listener line. Rodney is on the line. We'll talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Rodney? I'm doing fine. How you guys doing? A couple do- things. One for each. Um, or 
Lincoln, is it a player's fault where a team drafts them one, four, five, or six? If, if they overdrafted him, is it Cleve's fault that he wasn't technically a number four pick? No. Good. Okay. And um, uh, Vinny, can you tell the team or the offensive line to keep overachieving because it was sure nice going to work this week, and it it's it's been a long time since I can uh, have a smile on my face going after a, a Raider game at work. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try to get that message uh, across. Um, I hear what you're saying about Cleve Farrell. It wasn't his fault that he was, um, you know, the, the fourth pick overall. Uh, I do think that, you know, um, when he didn't dress out, I kind of sensed um, – I kind of sensed, uh, aha, you see, it was a terrible draft pick. He's not dressed out. He's the fourth pick of the draft, and he's not dressed out. Aha, John Gruden and Mike Mack don't know what they're doing. I'm going, all right, hang on a little bit. First of all, it's a long season. I think Clee Farrell is a pretty good football player. His time's going to come. I don't think he's 100% healthy. Uh, but I think that the whole gotcha, see, terrible pick, uh, there was everyone was just chomping at the bit to just express that, whether it was on social media or elsewhere. Uh, and I'm I've always Lincoln, having been around a long time doing this, it's going to swing back to him at some point, if not early, like Sunday. And let's see how he responds before you start writing him off and writing off Mike Mayock. And I told you it was a terrible draft pick. Let's just wait and let it play out. It's a long season, Lincoln. You know, the fans that say that, I would I would rather them think of the draft as, you know, utilizing what you have to get what you need. And what I mean by that is since Mayock has been, been the general manager and Gruden's been there, they've drafted and they address the roster spots, the roster holes that they felt they needed. Last year, they, they last this past draft, they needed a right tackle because they were going away with, from Trent Brown. So what did they do with their first pick? They drafted a right tackle. A year ago, when they when they realized that the receivers, free agent receivers that they had in, in, in on the shelf weren't getting it done, what did they do? They drafted receivers, and they drafted a corner. So they've drafted to address need. Now, there are many fans out there, when they see the draft, they put a premium on the position where, you know, the number in which he was drafted. Okay, I get it. But at the same point, if I've always felt, and I've talked to several scouts who I'm very close with, if you if there's someone that you really like, it doesn't matter where they are. Sure, you might be able to get good value. Like, for example, Derek Carr fell to the second round. But no one had that planned. You know, when Reg- Reggie McKenzie drafted Derek Carr, he's like, here we get a franchise-style quarterback in the second round. It's great value. So we have to pay him that absorbent amount that you pay the first rounder. Khalif Farrow is a solid player. Can he improve? Absolutely. Every player can. Does he have strengths? Absolutely. Every, every player does. Does he have weaknesses? Absolutely, without a doubt. But Clee is a good, solid player, and he's a young player that could maybe have a promising future. You don't need to justify the position where he was drafted at uh, saying, oh, it was too high or it's a wasted pick, because there are a lot of things that have to play out. We don't want to assume that Jonathan Abrams is a wasted pick. Well, he doesn't do well in space. He's got to have a, he's got to have a, a system that utilizes his, his ability, right? Yeah. Same thing with Clee Farrell. Right. And right. I think he's playing out of position. I don't know if other coaches do, but that's just my personal opinion. I think he's better suited at defensive end than than de- I mean defensive tackle than the defensive end, right? Especially with the style of defense. Yeah, and you you know, look the, the, the crapshoot that the NFL draft is. Solomon Thomas, yep. who's on the Raiders, was the third pick overall. What a year Absolutely. before that, or two years before that? And guess what? 
and I've told this story. I, I don't know if you were with us on Lincoln uh, when 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 uh, when we talked about this, and, and we're going to get to break. De- uh, Devon, just just hang on one second. But um, the year that those 49ers, the a great organization, John Lynch, um, you know, and and and, uh, and and Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, I think that they're really good at what they do. But even when you're doing good, you can make a mistake. There might, there could be a blind spot, and in their regard. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, they didn't have a quarterback this year, that year, okay? They didn't. Um, and so Kyle Shanahan's already looking ahead to the – this is his first year with the 49ers. He's looking ahead to the next year when, when um, Kirk Cousins becomes a free agent. And they're thinking, you know, that's what we're going to do. So that was, was kind of the plan, all right? Um, John Lynch, the general manager, goes down to Texas Tech uh, – or excuse me, Texas yeah, – yeah, Texas Tech. That's where – um, Mahomes was right. He was at Texas Tech or uh, whatever college that he's. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so um, Texas A and M. So he he goes down there to to check it out to go check out um, you know a, a young quarterback by the name of Patrick Mahomes. But they were doing it as a smokescreen. They didn't want Patrick Mahomes. They had their plan for the quarterback. They were going to get him in free agency the following year. They wanted to you know fix their defensive line. So John Lynch goes out there, and here's Patrick Mahomes just blowing everybody away in this practice that was apparently in a wind gust, and it was it was crazy. But he's just you know he's doing Patrick Mahomes things. John Lynch calls Kyle Shanahan and says, you know, hey, I know we're out here to kind of be sort of a disguise, you know, trying to trick people into thinking that we're going we're thinking this because they even took him out to dinner. Um, but I don't know, man. We should probably take a more serious look at this Mahomes. He's blown people away, and they decided not to do it. They drafted Solomon Thomas uh, instead. Patrick Mahomes, you know, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and it just is a it it it, it just illustrates how what an inexact science this really is. And oh, by the way, the 49ers ended up trading that year to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't even get Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, it, 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 that, that trade happened before Cousins became a, a, a free agent. So they, they solved their quarterback problem or issue that way. They could have had Patrick Mahomes, but they were locked in on a plan. And like you said, you're drafting to fit needs and drafting to fill positions. They felt that they needed the, def- the 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 star defensive tackle from Stanford Stanford right up right up the road in Solomon Thomas. Where's Solomon Thomas now? He's on the Raiders. Uh, so it, is it a bust? Yeah, it didn't work out for the 49ers. The the great minds there even overthought that a little bit and 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 ended up with not having a great player at all with the third pick. And the guy's not even on their roster anymore. So Lincoln, it's just it it, it shows you. How inexact this this science is sometimes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's always a crapshoot, and more importantly, it's it's it also leads you to remind remember that it's a small window. If you don't win the championship now, hard decisions will have to be made later. Right, and you know what? The 49ers went to a Super Bowl with Solomon yep. Thomas on the roster yep. and with Jimmy Garoppolo, that quarterback. So you know, it's 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 you you, you, you like. Gruden said the other day, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But, you know, drafting Cleve Farrell, who I think is a good, solid football player, was he the, is he a traditional fourth pick in a draft? No. If you were doing an all-time draft, he wouldn't be a fourth pick overall. He wouldn't. Uh, but that's the way that draft played out. I, the, the Raiders wanted Bosa. That's who they had their eye on. But they win a meaningless game at the end of the previous season to knock them into the fourth spot rather than I think they would have had the second spot. And so – the guy that they really wanted 
was was out of reach for them where their draft spot was. So, but they needed a defensive end, and that was the direction that that they went. And let's let this season play out before you completely write out write off Cleve Farrell. I think that's a mistake to do. I think he's going to have. Uh, I think he's 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 going to put together a solid season, and part of that might start on Sunday because there's a banged up. Uh, aspect to that defensive line. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Calvin is on the line. How you doing, Raider Calvin? Doing. So, I've got a positive phone call for you guys. I have us pick winning 11, 12 games. This is based on Gruden allowing Carr to be all he can be. Last year, when we went into Kansas City and won that game, I remember Gruden being quoted as saying, I would do anything to beat Kansas City. Well, he needs to keep that mindset every game and be aggressive. We got on top of Kansas City early, and we never let up. And we put them in a situation where they had to chase us. We can do that. We have the offense to do that. And I think now we have a defense not to let the other team catch it. We got a good pass rush. All they have to do, I I, I disagree. Um, um, JT the Brick said today that our, our defense has to be even better than it was Monday. I don't know if I agree with that, but it has to be just as good. And I really believe we have the offense and we have the quarterback to get us to 12 games. I, 11, 12 games. I don't think 10 games gets us in the playoffs. But 11 or 12 definitely does. And I think Carr does need to have a semi-MVP season. I hear you, Raider Calvin. Um, yeah, I don't know about MVP uh, season. Um, you know, I think that uh, if he if he can, you know, to some extent duplicate what he did last year, um, I, I would take that if this defense is, impre- is 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 improved as it looks like it, it is. And, and Lincoln, I throw this back to you because, you know, I don't think, and it is just one game, and that's all we can base it on. But I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they have to score thirty five points. To just, just to have a chance to win uh, every to win a game this year, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think there's going to be times where this defense is going to be able to be counted on to hold a team to 17 points, uh, you know, 18 points uh, in order to win. Well, we'll definitely see when we have a better sample size because you can say what you want about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, but this was not a team that was really a prolific offense. It's dangerous. Um, but I think the, the, a lot of the bite was taken out with the loss of their running backs, most notably, and they never really did establish a true receiving court. Now, Sammy Watkins and Marcus Brown had big games, relatively so, statistically speaking, what they were able to do and had some big chunks of the yards. But when the field became condensed, I think the defense really did a good job at tightening up still. You know, you see how the score was. You see where how close it was, um, and it was only separated by overtime touchdown. I I'm not of the mindset as 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 you know totally like you are, Vinny. Where where I, I don't think it's last year it was 30 points for me. I don't think you have to do that, but I will say they need to do at least 28. It's not a big fallout, but they need to score touchdowns. 
you, I know what you've got and you're kicking in the kicking game with the Raiders, but field goals aren't going to beat a lot of the offenses they're going to go up against. So they definitely need to score because we still haven't seen a large enough sample size out of this defense to see how they play when they really get into sticky situations with prolific offenses. Right. And, you know, uh, the, the Raiders, I think, averaged 20, roughly 28 points per game last year. They were. Is ranked, that right? Yeah. Uh, their offense averaged 28, 27.9, I think it was, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. It was, it was mm-hmm. the 10th most points in the NFL. Uh, the nine other teams ahead of them all made the playoffs, and I think the team yeah. right behind them made the playoffs. So that's the kind of points you you need to be in that twenty eight or more range to give yourself Agreed. a chance, uh, you know, to 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 make the playoffs. Now, most of those teams also had defenses, you know, that yeah. you know that 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 enabled them to blow some teams out to have right. some nice easy wins, quote unquote, because. Uh, you know, the margin was because the offense is scoring 35 points a game and the defense is only giving up 20. It's a nice, comfortable win right there. That was the luxury the Raiders didn't have. Even when they were prolific offensively, except for one game against the Denver Broncos, I think it was. Other than that, it was a struggle even when they were scoring a lot of points to win games. And you you can't put the – you can't have that defense couldn't shut things down. Yeah, you're right. Right. Couldn't get off the field. Too much stress. Yeah. Too much stress yeah. to be like perfect too, and that's that sometimes leads to mistakes as well. Well, we all know that the the, the the Raiders defensively were in disarray last year. There's no doubt about that, and COVID didn't help anything. Uh, help anything as far as getting riding the ship. But you know, hopefully this year, and we've said it, we both agree they don't need to be you know a shutout defense, a light out lights out defense because their offense is good enough to score. But they, they definitely need to score. And more importantly, this defense just has to get a few stops here and there and maybe a couple turnovers to shorten the field. Going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Martin is on the line. How you doing, Martin? I'm doing good. Uh, I was just going to – I'm just calling to talk about what Kennedy had just said. Um, I guess he said something about, you know, the running backs for the Baltimore Ravens kind of went down and uh, that wasn't their biggest strength. But they still got 189 yards on us. Yeah. So well, I mean, the quarterback. That's mostly a good, that was the quarterback. Yeah, the quarterback had 90, I think, of, of that. Oh, okay. I, I mean, still 189, still 100-yard rushing from, from the <laughs> other side, from, from Tyrell Williams. So, I just feel like um, we didn't really, like, I don't know, like, we didn't stop the run. We really didn't do nothing. We just got those couple of takeaways at the end just to win the game. That's really what it came down to. Well, no doubt about it. I'm looking up what the Ravens averaged uh, run in the run game uh, in 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 2020. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm almost gonna guarantee that. It was well, the, well, I would tell you this: last year, Lamar Jackson had a thousand yards rushing, and for the last two years, the Ravens averaged their they led the NFL with a, a run per average uh, uh, highest uh, number. Okay, so last year they, they they were NFL best average yards per run. Um, Look, it was. Well, it, I'm calling. Actually, I figure out what I call it for because you said that the Steelers are a little bit more tougher than the offense of the Ravens. I mean, they're both tough. It's just they're different. You know what I mean? Ben Roethlisberger is going to sit in the back, actually tear us apart if, he, if we let him. The other guy, if we sit back and let him tear us apart, he'll run all over us. That's just. I mean, it's it's two good offenses. So I don't think that we got any like like uh, we. we 
We still had to play our asses off to win that game in Baltimore. The Baltimore You're going to have to play your asses off every game. And that's a good team. That's the other part of it. The Baltimore Ravens are a good football team. Lincoln, if that was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Raiders had to you know, uh, do what they had to do just to win the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd be writing a whole different story right now. Um, but it's the Ravens, and they're pretty good, and I think there has to be some respect for that. I think there is. I mean, it's a playoff-caliber team, no matter how you look at it. Both, I mean, the first three teams, the first three teams that were taken over, playoff caliber teams, and and so the Raiders have got their handful, and this is even before they even get into the division. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not mixing words or shaking a little stick at it. You know, this is a this is a hard team to face to going up against the Steelers. They're a solid team in all three phases, especially with their passing game. And the Raiders have, absolutely have to get a pass rush, and it's unfortunate that Ngakwe might not play. With the hamstring, because I think he brings a little bit of a speed off the edge, much like Max Crosby. That can bode well for him. But, you know, if Max has to go out there and do it with a, a banged up Carl Nassib or whomever they decide to put a defensive end out there on the other side, then so be it. You have to get it done. The defensive tackles, defensive lines have to get it done because this this whole system uh, is much rather predicated on a four man rush than bringing a lot of blitzes and exposing the back end of the secondary. Right. Uh, absolutely. I think the Ravens had a seventh ranked offense last year. Uh, altogether, yeah. if, if I if they're I still a playoff caliber team, even in, despite the injuries they had at running back. Uh, yeah, I they still just, think they're a playoff caliber. Right, they just do things a little bit differently um, in in how they go about it. But they but they're but the potency is no less than you know how right. other, you know other teams, even though it's a little bit different. It's a handful, and that cornerback is a handful. How many times, Lincoln, did you see? Um, you know, Raiders looked like they were getting them and they had them corralled. And next thing you know, it's a 25 yard game. He's slippery. He right. really is. And that's the same thing with not necessarily the same thing. It's different with Big Ben because he's not going to run. But Big Ben is crafty enough and all, all, all and always recognizes defenses. And we've seen in the past, whether you're playing against Phillip Rivers, you're playing against, you know, Brady or even Drew Brees, that if you recognize the defense or you know what the defense is, it gives you on a pre-snap read, gives you a little bit of help of where to go with football. So the Raiders have got to be mindful of that they got to do a better job at disguising. And I think they did that at times uh, against Lamar Jackson, which made him hold on to the ball a little bit more yeah I, I was going to ask you about that um you know we, we talked about the synergy that seemed to be happening between the back end and the uh and, and the and the defensive line what did you like about what the secondary did uh, especially in pass uh, coverage on, on monday i thought they were good at jumping routes um and and closing the the window to where it even it made lamar just hitch a little bit the thing was is that with lamar's internal clock his first instinct is to run when he th- see things open. And there were times in the second half where they were telling him, no, stay in the pocket and throw the ball because uh, we don't want to run the risk of getting you hurt. And the Raiders' were, pressure was collapsing. But what, the, what, the, what I think Hayward and Mullen did well is that a lot of times they jumped the routes. They, they stayed in their face and the receiver's face and didn't get a lot of separation. That's why most of the success they had were crossing routes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought they did a f- <laughs> as good a job as you almost can possibly do on yeah. Lamar Jackson, and that, that's a testament to the dude. He is that good. Uh, he can kill you, uh, figuratively speaking, on a football field, uh, and, and that's what you don't want to have happen. And I thought, for the most part, the Raiders made sure that didn't happen. I think, you know, if the offense got, would have gotten off to a better start, it's just a different game uh, altogether. But they fell into that 14-point hole because the offense wasn't doing its job much more than right. the defense. Yeah, I know 
the 15-yard touchdown run on fourth and one, that can't happen. But to me, that's coachable. That's coachable. That's something that they'll look at on film, and I think Corey Littleton will realize what he did wrong. Trevor Morg will realize what he uh, did wrong. And I, I'm, I'm, I bank on guys like that making the necessary adjustments and improvements because it certainly seemed like as the game went on, none of that was happening uh, again. They, they got that buttoned up pretty good. And I give the co- coaches credit and I give the players credit for making the adjustments uh, on the fly. I thought overall it was a, a, a fairly good defensive effort. And like Lincoln has been talking about for a while now, you, that's, what you, that's all you need almost. Um, you just need it to be a little bit better than it was last year. And I actually think it could be not a lot better, but uh, noticeably better. I'm trying to find the right adjective or qualifier uh, to put that uh, to put on the better part of it. But we'll see how much better as the year goes on this Raider defense can possibly be. I do think it's improved. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Great conversation so far. Uh, as usual, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Uh Sal. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Sal? Yes, sir. Benny, how's it going? I'm doing good, my man. Hey, Link, how's it going, man? Hey, uh, Wonderful, brother. Thank you, man. I just wanted to call. Originally, I was going to call because we I was listening to your show and I was listening to all these callers call in. And I was kind of confused. Like, are they happy we won or are they not happy that we won? But um, I get it. You know, we're not used to being having the success that we've had, you know, but. You know, it was, a, it was, first of all, what everybody is forgetting is that the, the odd makers had this team as beating us. They had them as a favorite in our home, our home stadium, and we still were able to pull off the win. So, you know, you could say this, you could say that, but we played hard, we played together, and we found a way to win that game, you know. And I think it's going to continue on. Are you still there? Still with us? Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, the Raiders were just the better team, uh, and I think that uh, when you fall behind um, like the Raiders did, Lincoln, uh, fourteen to nothing, and can still find a way to win. To me, that tells me that you're be- you're the better team. I th- I felt like the Raiders going into this game were the better team than the Baltimore Ravens. I know that the odds makers saw it differently. I think there's always some recency uh, biased, biased um, you know, when, when it comes to that. None of those bookmakers that I know of were at practice, so they didn't see what was going on kind of behind the scenes and where this team was physically, where it was talent-wise, where it was attitude-wise. You're basically going off what happened last year, and I get it. If last year's team was playing the Baltimore Ravens, that defense last year, then the the I think they were favored by at one point five and a half points. Uh, I think it, it bottomed out at about four and a half points. Yeah, that would have been justified. I looked at it and was like, I don't know. I don't think that that's the right number uh, for this Raiders team. Uh, and I know it looked ugly early, Lincoln, falling down behind fourteen nothing. But um, you know, I I felt like. Uh, Watching that offense, Lincoln, I kind of felt like they'll get that squared away. Derek will get that squared away. It was a rough start offensively, 
But did you have uh, some confidence that, you know, they'll get that figured out? Uh, no, not when they were down 14 nothing. Really? I thought, no, I thought I said, here we go. Here we go again. They got to figure Well, because at the time when they got went down 14 to nothing, he was still struggling. Yeah. He was still struggling with his timing and stuff like that. And I thought he was trying to force the ball too much to, to Darren Waller. So, no, I wasn't confident that they were going to be able to turn it around because I, I'm like, if you don't fix these issues, then it's going to be a long day. When I saw Josh Jacobs go down, hobbling, I'm like, there goes the running game. And I just didn't think they were going to be as successful, you know, uh, with with the, the number of passes they they were forced to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say I think the Raiders were a better team. I think they had better, better skill players in certain spots. I think they had, for example, they have. They, they, I, I like Derek Carr. I love Lamar Jackson, but I like Derek Carr more in today's offense because what once you, once you limit what he can do with his legs or contain him with his legs, he still struggles with the passing attack. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, there are instances like that. But you know, look, it's it, it's it's one of those things where when 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 they got down, I said, here we go again. This okay. is this is going to be a long day, and they showed a tremendous amount of resilience to climb back and make it 14 to 10 at halftime. I was satisfied with that because much like my partner Brent Musburger said after we got off the, the halftime, he's like, this is a ball game now. You're absolutely right. This is a ball game now. And they showed the betterment in the second half. Yeah, and I guess for me, I was like, uh, I didn't expect the struggles offensively to continue. Uh, I felt like you're, you're absolutely right. I thought, I thought that Derek was, was, um, was forcing the ball. If, he wasn't, if that wasn't the case, if, if he wasn't noticeably forcing the ball to 83 – um, and, and, and they still weren't getting it done. Like if they were going to Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and they just weren't being able to, to move the ball, uh, I think I would have been thinking, ah, this could be a long day for the Raiders. But I saw what was going on, and I felt like of all guys, I felt like Derek Carr, he knows what to do. He'll know how to kind of spread it around. I thought it was – I just felt more than anything like everything that was going on around them, all the hoopla – all the fans in the sands, the spectacle that that game was, um, you know, the, the excitement of game one, not having a preseason like you said. And I, get, I know that what you're saying, I agree with you. I think there's always going to be a, some rust that needs to get taken off if, when you go out there for the first time against another opponent in a football game. Uh, but I guess where my feeling was, was like, nah, I think they'll be okay in that regard. They'll get that figured out. And, and as I was watching that defense, even when they were down 14 to nothing, Lincoln, I felt like, you know, this defense is pretty good. It's not playing too bad, actually. So if the offense, which I felt like they were going to get it together, can get it together, I think that they're going to be able to make this a game and settle down and, and, and get back into this game. Well, you're a lot more optimistic than I was. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, maybe because I haven't been, uh, you know, scarred like so many other reporters <laughs> that have covered this team for a long time and right. and, 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 and fans. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I have a, a little bit of a confidence level in Derek Carr. What he did last year to me, I saw him every game. I was like, that's a pretty good quarterback right there. Like, I'm not worried about the quarterback. I really I'm, – I'm not. I, if I was a fan of this team, I wouldn't be worried about the quarterback. And as a reporter of the team – uh, that, that reports on the team, I'm like, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be okay. That'll settle down and get better. Uh, can the defense stay with it the way they have been uh, and, 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 you know, and, and make this a game, which is what they did? But I give them a lot of credit. It's gonna, to me, this is going to be a tough game, uh, Lincoln. And we're uh, running out of time here. Uh, but but um, I just feel like – but it's a tough game, Lincoln. But I also think uh-huh. if they can 
figure out a way to win this game on the road with everything that's going on around them, that is just – that's when you start building something that could be pretty good. Well, look, winning is the key to the, what we're doing, the performance. That's, that's all that matters, winning the football game. It can be ugly. It could be by one point. It could be by 30 points. It's still a win. A win is a win. You can always coach better and have it sink in better after a win. So we're glad that the Raiders were able to pull it out. They didn't make it easy. They damn sure made it interesting, but they did pull it out. So that's what you're happy for. Yeah, you are for sure if you're if you're a fan. Uh, as somebody that, that that writes about this team, I want to see what the response level is on, on Sunday. I want to see where they are mentally after a big win. I want to see if they're going to be able to figure out a way to manage some injuries uh, and still go out there and, and put together a performance. I want to see what, what kind of path they feel like they have to create uh, to get a big road win. And I, and I do believe that if they're able to get that win, that's they're just going to be able to soar back home uh, to Las Vegas uh, and then lick their wounds a little bit, get healthy, and then you have the Miami Dolphins coming in uh, the following Sunday. But I think this could be a – it has the makings of a big win for the Raiders, something that can be important if they're able to, to pull it off, something to really build on. So we'll see. I uh, want to say thanks to all the callers. want to say thanks to Eddie Pascal from Raiders.com. Lincoln Kennedy, have a great weekend. I'll see you in Pittsburgh. Um, Absolutely, brother. Uh, enjoy enjoy uh, your, your work with Pac-12. I'll be, I'll be tuning in and listening. Uh, thanks to Devon Cotton for doing the great job that he does. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When I talk to you guys tomorrow, I'll be in Pittsburgh.